0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, get off of me. Plus, Biz is the Jacks' master. Teresa is back, and we talk to Lydia L about helping our kids and ourselves be anti-racist.
1: Woo! Teresa, hi. Oh God! Yeah, I love you. I know, I love you. I, yeah, I know. Uh, it's I. No, I know. Wow, I know. Oh. I know. Oh. I don't even know how many shows I missed. That's where. I that's what. Yeah. That, that's what's going on with me. Like I have yeah. no concept of time at this point. You? Yeah. No. You could have had a whole other baby at this point yeah. in
2: time.
0: Oh sure. <laughs> and maybe I did. Maybe you did. But you'll never know, listeners. <laughs> we'll never tell. That's what one bad mother is
1: about—never telling. Just speaking vaguely. Just. <laughs> Coming coming here to speak vaguely about mm. things being weird. Yep. Let's <laughs> keep that up. This is the perfect environment for that, I think.
0: Before I ask you how you are, and I am desperate to know, I'm going to just say what we've been saying since this began. And oh, oh, oh my. I just don't think it was going to still be going on, which is crazy. I mean, it's not like you can
1: like calendar uh pandemic i think we but, knew we just couldn't comprehend it yeah. like i think yeah all all information told us it would last this long like within yeah. like a week of it starting but we yeah. just couldn't that could not get into our brains like we just could not
0: <laughs> here's a here's a secret it still won't come into yeah. my brain. No, I, I know. still I cannot know. get my head around it. I know. And in case somebody's listening to this in the far, far future, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about uh, the pandemic and sheltering in place and businesses being closed and people losing jobs. And the scariest and hardest part is people we love being incredibly sick or dying, and it is, ew, ah, it's crazy. I mean, like our whole way of thinking has been altered in terms of risk. And I mean, it's not like as a parent, I didn't already have like a weird risk radar. That's that's definitely gone up. But I, we can't move forward without first just saying to everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all essential workers. Thank you, everybody who is still working at the grocery store. Thank you to everybody who is bringing food to the store. Thank you to everybody who is still managing their restaurants and getting food out to delivery people and, of course, to our medical community, and that is from doctors to nurses to RNs to EMTs, to the people who are data entering. (laughs) You can't, nothing can run without all the people who work in the medical industry. You guys are doing such an incredible job. Thank you. And again, thank you to everyone who has been out and has continued to go out and Work so very hard to help us move forward as a country to fight the institutional racism that we confront every day. And I just thank you for doing that. And for everybody who's staying at home, that is also essential, too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Teresa, how are you? God, I hope you say fine.
1: Uh, I'm fine. I'm here. I'm really Mm -hmm. happy to be here today. I mean, I I was gone dealing with family mental health stuff. And, you know, a lot of that can make you feel really alone. And this situation that we find ourselves in has the potential to make us feel really alone because whatever we're going through, we're going through it alone in our own houses or wherever we are. But... I was comforted to hear from one of my kids' therapists something which I will pass along to you all, which was that in the course of getting some support from her about some stuff we were dealing with at home, that she just said, oh, and, you know, by the way, none of the families I work with are not struggling right now. Wow obviously, these are already families who are in therapy, right? So at some point, we've all been struggling. That's usually why you're in therapy. But (laughs) we're talking about there. Yeah, Yeah. I'm there too. But she's talking about an extra level of struggling. And she said, across the board, across all of her clients, everybody is struggling right now. I mean, that's really depressing. Like I get get that I'm passing along (laughs) something like really upsetting, like that. As a mm. whole, we're suffering. Humans are suffering right now. For me, the reason I'm passing it along is because for me, that was a comfort to hear on some level that there isn't something especially terrible about my own life right now. <laughs> like there's, there may be something special about my situation, but there's special things in everyone's lives and everybody is being touched by this moment in time in a different way. And we're, we're getting through it. We're getting through dark times, guys. So I'm glad to be getting through those dark times with all of you. And Biz, I'm really grateful for you and all your work keeping this show going when I could not think clearly enough to know what day it was for many days in a row. <laughs> it's been 22 years. <laughs> Oh no, that's way longer than I was guessing. (laughs) That is significantly longer.
0: It is no longer okay to give your kids peanut butter or solids again. We've come full circle. We've come full circle with that. Peanut butter. No
1: solids, period. For any kids. No solids. We're on a completely liquid diet for all kids now. Totally liquid. So good news for blenders.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So how are you, Biz? I'm all right. Okay. I mean, we're healthy and we're home. And yeah, it's it's okay. I, as a whole unit, individually, I am just fried and done. Yeah. And, I, yeah. you know, I said it last week, I, my patience is completely shot. I go from feeling like I've got it all under control to minutes later being like, if I if I just hear a voice... If I like any voice, I'm going to just walk out the door. Right. I'll grab my mask yes. and we'll walk out the door. Yes. And just like how much I'm president of everything right now is, it's stunning. Like there are moments where I'm like, I am stunned that I have to be thinking about this. And I want to call bullshit on it. All that said, a little joy in my life is that Katie Bell has discovered my old jacks set. Jacks is the game. The little metal little metal jacks uh, that are worse to step on than Legos uh, with the bouncy ball. And they no longer make the metal jacks. They stop making them like a long time ago, like maybe 15 years ago. So the set's been around for a while and I still have the ball and Katie Bell has been doing it and she's really good at it. But all my Mad Jack skills came flying back. I was remembering stuff like pigs in a blanket and like, you know, like pigs in the sty, pigs over the fence and like all these different versions of the game that I used to play. And I am so good and daily I am crushing her at Jacks (laughs) daily, and she is of the age where she just keeps coming back wanting to do it again. And it's not as like crushing as it was even a year ago. It's
1: like a good challenge for her.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I am so enjoying playing Jacks, guys. That's
1: great. (laughs) Makes me
0: like (laughs) stupid happy. But of course, Ellis. Will come out to watch and just sit, try just, like literally. I'll be in the middle of playing and he will sit in my lap, which is not conducive yeah. to Jack's playing, no. which is gonna tie in nicely to what we're gonna talk about today, which is
1: get off of me.
0: Throughout the history of this show, that Ellis really likes me and likes being physically close to me.
1: Mm -hmm. I think this is like
0: an established
1: fact. Yeah. It's like a test for if you listen to this show. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's a test. If you... Who... (laughs) If you Who don't to- <laughs> know that about Ellis, then you have yeah. not been listening very carefully to this show. Yeah,
0: exactly. Who's biz? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so since since the coronavirus, Ellis, that need has... It went away, re- right?
1: It just ju- went away. It, an- it just cured, right?
0: He's really blossomed yes. and taken on some major independence. <laughs> In fact, it's the opposite. Yeah. Uh, there's more touching now than ever. The, I, I, okay, I'm not going to say ever before. There is as much touching as when he was an infant, except the difference is he is now the size of a seven-year-old. So it feels like even more touching because there's, there's more of him. more surface area. Touching, touching me. Yeah, touching more surface, surface area. area. Yeah, It's like a full-on regression. Yeah. And uh, I I just like I feel like there's two things I would love to talk with you about and I'm happy to go in any direction you would like to go if it's not just these two. And one is just the emotional reality of being like touched that much. Mm-hmm. And two my absolute fear that we're never going to come out on the other side of this like that this really is a regression that yeah that like is gonna be a a lot of work yeah when school one day comes back yeah so I already know that (laughs) Oscar's been doing this to do you, yeah. because, and it makes me feel so much better. Yeah.
1: Tell me what's going on. I mean, it's it's so much. Like, it's, yeah. And you guys know I have three kids. Oscar's my middle child. He's the same age as Ellis. And this is something about my relationship with him as well. It, it's not this way with my other two kids. Neither of yeah. my other two kids are like that. I mean, we have like an affectionate relationship. But for some reason with Oscar, it's like he has like a sensory need that only yeah. I can fill. Like there's no, yeah. it's like a physical body need to like squeeze my arms and sit on me and be touching me a lot of the time that is, it's bigger than I can understand really or comprehend. And the same with you. This is something we worked on before. Yeah. Like, around the ages that it kind of made sense, where he was, like, four, five, starting to go off to pre-K, starting to go off to kindergarten. Yeah. We worked with... we. He was in OT for a while, and we worked with his OT on uh, occupational therapy, for those of you who don't know what that is, on, like, alternate things he could do to fill that need. You know, they they made um, rubber balloons filled with flour, like, mm. not blown up, but just filled you know like a small rubber balloon filled with flour tied they would make um like hair gel in a ziploc bag Mm. there's lots of different things you can try there's like squishy frogs or squishy animals you can buy squeezy things and things that can stay help your body stay cool and you know just like other things that can you know sort of feed that that need but What many people have said to me, and what I believe is to be true, is that the reason none of those have really been the substitute is because they are not his mother.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, God. What? (laughs) This balloon full of shaving cream isn't a good substitute (laughs) for for a mom? For a mom? (laughs) Right? Didn't I see like an experiment with like a monkey once, <laughs> like in yeah. AP psychology? Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I just want there's so much. Yeah, there's a lot with this. There's that a lot. I, okay. One, describing it as a sensory need uh-huh. is, is, I hadn't thought of it that way, uh-huh. but it's, that rings so true. But not like as you were describing what the occupational therapist has suggested. I was yeah. like, okay, there may be two things happening here. Yeah. One is Oscar's like literal, tangible need of squishing something. Yes. Yeah, in which, yes, that could help a flower that balloon might feel good. Yeah, might be nice. Yeah, but the other thing that's going on <laughs> is just the all over yeah. physical yeah. need like for me it's always been. His, re- I've always been his regulator. Yeah. Like I am the one. Never took yeah. a pacifier. Didn't do the bottle. Yeah. It was always me. Yeah, and then you know, holding my like every kid at school is off running, and he is next to me. And I remember this this year, there were like three separate days in the school year, as we knew it, where he went off to play with somebody for even for like two minutes, and I, it was like. It was definitely one of those moments where no one gave a shit or understood why I was so like, yeah, he's not next to me. Yeah. And I think about your squishy thing and the touching you and there's no question it's about needing some sort of physical regulation using our bodies as mothers, mm-hmm. to do that, how do the, so how the hell do you, you get them to stop? And like every time I talk with my therapist about this, I say, I know that this is his way of processing this big, scary change.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I understand that. Mm-hmm. However, it's so much like I think I think the reason this is relevant now in a way that it wasn't a year or Mm -hmm. two ago when all of this I think our kids have been doing this for a long time was that now it like there was a time where I felt like it was getting better and yeah like a year ago I actually because with my situation Oscar is like the way that The way that this gets the most out of hand is my arms. Like, he just has a thing about touching my upper arms. I don't know. But that's the thing that is, like... It's that's the thing that is like really uncomfortable to me like I'm happy yeah. to snuggle I'm happy to hug I'm happy to have him on my lap I'm happy to hold hands I'm happy to like do all these things but like the arm squeezing just feels like it's weirdly disembodied from me like I'm yeah. being I'm an object being used for his <laughs> physical comfort in this weird way that I'm just right, like yeah not- yes yes enjoying like i'm like this isn't even about (laughs) us really like it you know like i'm not it's just weird i am your cigarette my exactly yes exactly (laughs) and so i did like i after like a year ago like after talking to my mom who's a therapist about this situation a lot and talking to my therapist and talking to the ot that oscar was seeing i like finally came around to Something I felt bad about, but I was like, I am going to tell him that we are done with the upper Mm. arms. Like the upper arms are just off limits, period. And we did. We went through a whole thing. And that's part of why this time is now so painful, because this was like a year ago. We went through it. We did it. He did really well with it. There was a lot of preparation for it. There were other comfort options I offered to him. We... Like I, I was able to focus a lot of my attention on that situation because other kids were elsewhere or like other, you know, there was other, I didn't have everyone up in my face having their own crisis all the time. So I was able (laughs) to like really work on it with him and we handled it like really well to the point where it was not a problem for a while, for months. Yeah. For months, it was not a problem. And that's how it creeped back in at the start of, like, the All sheltering in place. Because yeah. he would do it a little bit and it wasn't bothering me because he almost never did it. And it was, like, while we were snuggling at night or, like, while we were yep. reading a book. And it just snuck back in. And now... Because, like, everybody in my house has regressed. All of us have regressed. Oh, yeah. And we're all under stress, and we're all surrounded by each other's stress all the time. And I feel guilty because I can't be there for him in the way that I would like to, you know? So I allowed him to do that, and now it's so out of control. And Mm. I also simultaneously, like you were saying... This feeling that like it this will never go away or that yeah. it's going to take a ton of work to make it go away. I'm going through this thing right now where I'm thinking like for the longest time now, I've been thinking I will deal when th- with this later. Yeah. And now I'm starting to realize I don't know when later will ever be. And so maybe I have to do it right now in the middle of this hell, like in the middle of everything being horrible,
0: everything
1: else. And like, will that be really traumatizing for him? Do you know what I mean? Like, will that even work? Will that even be good? It's the it's it definitely falls into that.
0: Like, am I failing or am I doing the right thing right now? Because. That's how this also, it just, it was like, well, duh, he's doing this because it's scary and sad. This is how he's doing it. I'm gonna, obviously, I love you. I've got you. Right. Exactly. And then it, you know, is more and more and more. They're never gonna, it's self reinforcing. Yes, it's self reinforcing. Yeah. The boundaries are all gone. And what makes it different is, yeah, there is no separation time for it to work itself. Out, right? Yeah. Like even if I was like, sit in my lap every day, I must have it. At least there'd be eight hours of day where he would have been at school. Right. Right. Like yes. with regulating in some other way yes. or going to a friend's house or learning these skills yes. which are so important. Being with other people <laughs> is so important. Anyway, um that it's that it's like not only not only is it easier to let them do it. Because we are in crisis mode ourselves. We ourselves, right? Yeah. It is also more depleting. I feel so depleted from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel so robbed of, like, any work I've done separating my myself self from mom self and, like... It's not just the work we've spent years doing with our kids. It's the work we've been doing for ourselves, trying to not be everything to everyone. And there's nothing to take that feeling away than the consistent, constant, definitely not respecting, Touch. I mean, it's like almost becomes like a. There are times where it's a violating touch, yes. right? Like, there are yes. times where it's like, you are really. It's too much out. It's, it's like, yeah, no. It's too much out yes. or no. And yeah. we, you know, do those things where I'm like, you may not touch me like that. And like we do those yeah. kind of things where, like, but, you know, consistency is hard in this environment. Yeah. Let's move to the fact that they'll never grow out of this. <laughs> yeah. and And we're going to have to go to school or job with them. Uh, don't mind my mother. I just really feel comfortable yeah. squeezing her. Yeah. Let me just belly up to the bar and nurse a little uh, before I turn in my thesis. <laughs> so I am so nervous about returning to school. We have had like four years of preschool leading to kinder leading to good separation you yeah. know we had the cute hand even now we had the cute handshake and yeah. it worked and that was enough and like you know it was all good and there's like no way
1: to practice that right now right like, yeah and even like, like even, saying it like even like yeah. like there's no point in even being like just remember, in a few months, probably you'll be g- leaving and we'll be apart sometimes a lot more. Yeah. Probably. But we don't know the surrounding context for that yet. But that, nope. like guess what anxious kids don't do well with.
0: Yep. If you could start preparing emotionally for something completely unknown, that'd be that'd be great. And do it without me. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and yeah, like totally Scary. And I even wrote this to our school. I said, you know, I am slightly less worried about how you guys teach these kids online or prepare to teach them in person than I am. I don't want anybody to miss the fact that these kids are suddenly going back into a social setting. And for some children, like mine, this is going to be Huge. Yeah. They are going to need help adjusting.
1: Yeah. The skills, the regression, the skill reg- Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Yes. Fuck math. Yes. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And just the recovering from this. Yeah. Exp- yeah. I, just everybody's going to need so much emotional support. Yeah. Do you have anybody to touch? <laughs> <laughs> touch? Oh, I'll this- <laughs> just. That just makes me think of this very morning after like a very difficult like 45 minutes with both my two older kids with Grace mm-hmm. and Oscar. I stormed into the kitchen and was making myself a second cup of coffee and Jesse very supportively came over and gently rested a hand on my back and said, "Is there anything you need right now?" And I said, "I need everybody to get away from me." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius.
1: Okay. I've done a lot, guys. and yes! I I have done many, many genius, many genius things because I've been... Really working my ass off here, guys. Yeah. I'm going to share a small genius that made me feel really good about myself, which was that we had moved Curtis's little tiny uh, play kitchen outside for space reasons and just to like, hey, it's fun now because it's outside. Like it stopped being (laughs) fun inside. Let's move it outside. But we live next to a giant dirt hill. And everything Mm. outside in our house, including the outside of our house, just gets really dirty really, really fast. And I realized that if I just keep a towel in his kitchen, like (laughs) put away in his kitchen, like a small towel put away in his kitchen, then when we're out there like every day or every other day, I just wipe it down really quick and it's not dusty anymore. And it's just still looking like fresh and it's still enjoyable whereas it doesn't have that like layer of you know that layer yeah, that shows yes, up on I do. things that have been outside. Everything it's on me. But like I never would wipe it down if like I didn't yeah. have that I just would never oh I'm gonna go get a towel I'm gonna clean right now no we're just playing outside but if it's there if it's already there then I just do it.
0: You're a genius. I know. I'm, I'm so glad your genius bone hasn't been broken. Oh thank you. Yeah, I had spent the last few years trying to figure out how to be a self and get a little art back in my life uh, or creative space back in my life because I have none. And that little, uh, that urge is really strong. And if I, I, what I've learned in therapies, if I'm not meeting it, (laughs) it's bad. So I can't do my stuff. I can't uh sew or do little crafty things because my sewing space is now Stefan's office. And by the time I pull everything out, it's a mess. And like sewing's not like a neat project. Anywho, I started thinking about mosaics. And I was like, I there are two changes here. One, I was about to go on Amazon and order a shit ton of tiles and stuff to make mosaics with. When I remembered in the garage, somebody had abandoned a ton of white bathroom tiles. And I had done a project with kids like three years ago at Katie Bell's school that involved alcohol ink, which you squirt onto tiles. So I've been making these tiles and the kids enjoyed making the tiles too. It really got super zen for us. Then I take a hammer, and I smash that tile in a Ziploc bag, smash it, smash it, smash it, and I make my own mosaic pieces. And then I discovered it fills some weird puzzle meets quilting yeah. space yeah. where I just sit. And I push the pieces around into different designs or different things. And then I like I, I don't have anything to attach them with yet yeah, <laughs> or any place to stick them. But I have found such pleasure in just moving them
1: around. Yes. Finding the right spot for each one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I really have. I'm like, I'm enjoying this. That's so good. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Hi, I'm calling with a genius. My five-year-old daughter loves coloring books. She could color in them for hours and hours. However, with us being locked down for months now, she's been getting really tired of the same princesses, the same animals, the same TV show coloring books that she's been using for months now. So... I found a few coloring books that I received as gifts and have hardly touched, <laughs> as well as a few packages of, like, hundreds coloring pencils to go with them, and I let her have them. Uh, they're very intricate designs, mosaics, and she's having a fantastic time, and it's keeping her from being bored. She has been using them for hours, and she asked um, before bed if she could use mama's coloring books and mama's pencil crayons, skin tomorrow she loved it and she felt it was such a treat and so i thought that was a genius it kept her occupied i wasn't using them anyway <laughs> and um she really really seemed to enjoy it love
0: you guys bye i think that's genius what do you mean also that you haven't had time to do some independent coloring? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so great. Yeah, it's, I, great. Uh, it's great. I mean, that stuff just does. It does. It piles up in our house. It sits around, you know, and it is like a real genius when you discover that your kid wants to do a thing. That you just will never get to or do. You didn't have to buy it. You didn't have to like, yeah, it's just, it's just there. Yes. Good job remembering that something was there. Good job. (laughs) Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa.
1: Okay. Some of you guys might remember The saga of my Kindle, which I lost, Mm. and then I got another one, and then I lost it, left it on the plane. There was a whole thing with me and my Kindle. Well, the saga continues. So (laughs) Grace also has a Kindle, which was gifted Mm. to us, and recently she lost her Kindle um, somewhere in the house because we don't go anywhere. So, it's yeah. somewhere in the house, but we can't find it, right? So, I very nicely offered that she could use my Kindle until we find her Kindle. Yes. Because you can... We're on the same account, so you can, like, just switch over who's using it. You know what I mean? hmm Well, so, she lost my Kindle, too. So... She has since, this is all over the course of like weeks, but so she has since found her Kindle.
0: Mm. Will she
1: share it with you? (laughs) Right, I know. So mine is still missing. So Mm. nobody send us Kindles. Mine will show up. (laughs) I don't need another Kindle. I'm not going to buy another Kindle. I'm so tired of this. I'm just going to Mm. read books by dim light. Very, very dim nightlight in my kids' room while I'm waiting for them to go to sleep <laughs> until my Kindle shows up, which it will. I just don't know when that will be. Last time it was nine months later.
0: Wow. I can't wait to hear the next installment of the Kindle. You're doing a horrible job with personal responsibility. I know I am. <laughs> All right. All right. Again, quick one, bed mother trivia. Who doesn't like uh, getting their hair wet? It's Ellis, and so we, for a long time, yeah, maybe it would go like a week to two weeks of not like washing his hair. I am here to say that I washed his hair yesterday, and it it may be the first. It's definitely been longer than you've been missing from the ship. It's <laughs> been—I—I I am not sure we've washed it during the sheltering. It has Ooh. been, and they can go he, a long time. They you can. can go a long time. Yeah. It actually had finally gotten to like a uh, yeah. kind of stink yeah. snuggle Smell boy. It. Yeah, but of course he had to have more hair cut off so that it would take less time. Right. So now he almost has no hair. Wow. We uncovered amazing forever dirt. Wow. That Like, yeah, he's got he's got dirt on his neck. Oh, no. We've been chipping away. At, it's been our quarantine project is like chipping away at the dirt. But like it freaks him out that to people touch oh his neck. And so we just like with the second kid, it was like, oh, do you have a sensory issue with that? Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, it's texturally different. Like, you can oh feel God. the dirt. It doesn't, like, wipe away. So, we found new that. So, now he just has these patches. Like. Oh, my God. Like, vitiligo, which is what I have. But, like, it's dirt. So, we washed his hair. Yeah. It's just not even. Yeah. It's just bad mm-hmm. parenting. <laughs>
3: Hi, Biz and Teresa. I have a little uh, coffee-related sale. I thought Biz would appreciate this. I went to get myself a cup of coffee. It's Sunday. It's actually lunchtime, so I'm kind of getting to it late. It's kind of a difficult morning. And I got the grounds in the espresso maker, and I cleaned out you know, I cleaned out the tariff because it hadn't been cleaned out last time it was used. I realized we were on decaf, so I started grinding some. And I, I put it together, and I turned it on. I ground up the decaf and I heated up milk and I was like, what's taking so long? Why, why am I not hearing anything from it? And I look over at it and I run back through my mind all the steps I took and I realized I just never added water. I just never added water. I rinsed out the carrots and I stuck it underneath and I put it in the coffee grounds and I turned it on. So luckily I realized it soon enough to not have damaged anything. Now I have my coffee cutting, but you know, you guys are doing a great job. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
0: Bye. Oh, yeah. No water in the machine is a classic biz. Yeah.
1: That is yeah, a classic that's, biz. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. I
0: still catch myself almost pouring water in the grinder. None of that's changed. That happens weekly. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a horrible job, just like, you know, life has steps. A lot of tasks are just like, I got to do A to do B to do C to do whatever letter comes next. And letters don't matter anymore, guys. All we can do is play Switch and Zoom. So, so yeah, you can't do tasks anymore. No. Yeah, you're just, you're you're failing. Yeah. You're fa- you should tell everyone.
1: I wish you the best.
0: Yeah, good luck. Good <laughs> luck,
1: madam. You are the greatest mom I've ever known.
0: Marisa, this week we are talking to Lydia L., who is a business consultant, speaker, author, and mom who loves the cheesecake. (laughs) I just love that. Sorry, it's true. The mathematician, musician discovered, as we all do, that the only formula that works in parenting is love. She has a robust 10-year-old daughter, London, who read 1,000 books last year, then wrote a book about it, London and the 1,000 Books. Currently, she has a course called We Need to Talk, a conversation on parenting and raising children to be anti-racist. You can find her course and more information about her at LydiaL.com. Welcome, Lydia. Hi, guys. (laughs) Hi, hi, hi. Hello. (laughs) Do Do you have cheesecake in your house right now?
4: You know what? I'm trying to be good because I want to get down and stay down during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. I've like been grazing for, say, what feels like three months nonstop. So <laughs> I only eat it when I'm outside. Oh,
0: just outside
4: cheesecake. I like this. Wow. this yeah, be so a- like I have to go and buy it, and yeah. I only buy it in small portions. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to... <laughs> Yeah, pace myself.
0: I really like the idea of outside cheesecake. Um, Before uh, we get into everything we want to talk with you about today, please tell us who lives in your house.
4: Well, it is me and Minnie, London. That's it. Just the two of us. I like that. I mean, she would like to have the pet durable from her classroom and she wants to get a dog. She's looked it up already, but Uh that's probably not going to happen.
0: No, no quarantine gerbil. Mm.
4: No, I feel like you know there's enough. There's enough going on right now to add the quarantine gerbil to that. It's just a been much.
0: I got to tell you, ten robust. Those are two words that go well together. Katie Bell, my daughter, is ten and robust, mm. and just on the verge, like a beautiful it's right butterfly there. on the verge. You see it. You see it. <laughs>
4: See, there are days you say that, and then there are days you say, don't look into the light. Yeah, yeah. Like, just stay with me.
0: Yeah, no, I... So, I understand. Yeah, no, I... For sure, there are days where I think it's going to be really cute, and then I, like, the reality hits me, and I think, this is going to be awful for, like, Mm -hmm. until she's maybe 30. I don't (laughs) know. Like, what happens to our bodies over (laughs) many years is... Really something special. All right. (laughs) Not not here to talk about puberty. So with the work that you do, you talk with parents about wellness and parenting. So I kind of want to just start right away with that. Tell us a little bit about your wellness talks and what you focus on. And more importantly, is any of it working right now? I mean,
4: so working is relative. Let's just start there. So let me set the bar where it should be okay. at just general expectations. I think for me when I um when I had my daughter, as happens with so many moms, I I, I was faced with what I called momology, right? Which is you're supposed to do this. And my daughter was doing this and my kid was walking at three days yeah. and you know, my kid was <laughs> talking eight languages at two months and <laughs> you got to make sure you do the formula every Tuesday and Friday at mm-hmm. six, cause at six Oh one, they're going to cry. It's like, <laughs> it was all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I wasn't doing mm-hmm. the job well. And I decided, decided to after kind of going through you know a a nuanced postpartum so it was situational depression but it was overlaid with the fact that i just had a kid yeah that that we need to really get in touch with the the compassion that we have in this that we need to have in this process so the wellness is i can only be the best mom if i am the best woman first and that is what i'm trying to maintain. Before, <laughs> oh yes, Yeah. yeah so sorry, I have my mm-hmm.
0: hand. I'm waving my hand. Yeah, because okay. maybe you have some insight into this, and I am always looking for help desperately. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree, and it's taken us many years on this show to really accept this notion of being a self, like should really come first. I still haven't figured out how to really make that happen consistently. Uh, and I, like, in all honesty, like not even as mm-hmm. me joking. So help me. So,
4: <laughs> I, so, So from as early as I could, I taught my daughter London that she is allowed to have London moments mm. where she gets to say, hey, you know whatever the thing is going on or even just randomly like i just want to take a london moment she'll go into her room but we we have qualified it as that so now she understands when mommy needs a mommy moment mm. and so it's literally a part of yourself <laughs> and your your personhood like this is your right it is not your privilege so it could be that we're dealing with a situation and you know it we might even be not quite agreeing as happens with you know this time, but she'll be like, mommy, I just let me just have a London moment and she'll go and think about it. Or I might be like, you need to have a London moment or mommy needs to have a mommy moment. And so there's no more indictment of this false guilt (laughs) where I just I just be like sometimes I'll give her dinner and I just want to go in the room and just like eat quietly. Mm. And so I don't feel bad that I didn't eat with my kid every single day because she is everything that I had been putting into her up until that point, I trust is enough. keep her going, at least until I get out of the bedroom from eating dinner. Like if I haven't done that, then there's a whole lot of other things that we got to worry about. So that type of compassion with yourself um, is something that really became a priority to me because I was raising a daughter. And so I didn't want her to be grappling with all of these things later on in life when I can just tell her now you are allowed to be first. So the only way I get to really show her is to try and fumble and do it myself. I think she's doing a much better job yeah. than me. But... <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the deal is, is that that is actually a very small, simple act. This idea of saying, how do we help you like the kids, right? How do we help mm-hmm. you when you're mm-hmm. in trouble or you need space or you're upset? And then... Now, when I need space and I'm upset, how can you guys help me? Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten to that at all. (laughs) But (laughs) but it's floating around back there is something that really needs to become like habit. I mean, a, a part of
4: the so my math brain, one of the classes that I had to take was probability. Right. Which is and there's a thing called combinatorics where it's like, all of the different ways that you can make a combination of a group of items. So when I think about every parent and child, right, the thing that we're doing is we are comparing that particular pair to all of the things that we've heard about before, but there has never been the pair that you have right now ever, nor tomorrow is that pair going to be exactly the same. So you're always winging it because who you are today is not who you are tomorrow. So just on that premise alone, the pair of you and child is different. And so when you think about, hey, this is always gonna be a new adventure, then you're a lot more easy on yourself when things don't quite work how you expected because you came up with this rule, but that was for older pairs. Every day it's a new pair of people. And My, we're just gonna figure it out. Yeah. My head
0: is exploding. This is
1: really, like, really is, helpful. Like this is yes! a really <laughs> helpful concept. I also took yes. probability, but it was like twenty years ago. <laughs> but but this actually, but like I would never yeah. have thought to apply it to to what how you just described, and that is so helpful. I just love that. Yeah. thank you.
0: That is. Awesome. I'm like. Literally, I'm like, You're where up. is this parenting book on probability and other math I'm, applications yeah. to parenting? Yeah. I want to shift. I'm going to shift. Okay. I'm going to shift Let's do it.
4: We're going to pivot. Mm-hmm. We're going
0: to pivot because we only have a little bit of time. So we're going to pivot. Lately, you have been <laughs> putting in the work on the One <sighs> Bad Mother Facebook group, which it's it's remarkable and it is incredibly gracious of you. I find it incredibly kind and I am incredibly inspired by the community in general that we continue to try to figure this out. No one has ever said a really safe great place is a Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> ever. 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 Ever, ever, mm-hmm. they are I agree. like it, they are designed to not be good places to communicate. And one of the things that you did was that you, a few weeks ago, after the murder of George Floyd, you posted, "What's a question you would like to ask a black mother?" <laughs> and you got responses. You got a lot. Tell us why you decided to do that and what has been coming out of of that
4: the genesis of that began as you stated with the the death of george floyd but the real sticking point was that night that it happened and you know we've had multiple multiple examples of the brutality that we see but that night i posted today it took everything in me not to cry not because I am afraid of becoming a hashtag, but I realize I don't know how to teach my daughter to avoid it either. Yeah. And so from there, that just I and I was afraid to post it, honestly, because I was like, I'm going to get, you know, what you might get. And I don't feel like debating something that shouldn't be politicized. Like, I just I'm I'm tired and it was a warm and an open community. But in that process, I saw that equally, there there was equal confusion yeah. for those who wanted to be allies. So here I am confused on how to survive this thing. Yeah. And there's a whole community of people that are like, hey, we want to support, but we don't know what that looks like. And so because there is the, the weight of, fear and tension that kind of is that gap, I was like, let me figure out, similarly to how we do with parenting, how I can bridge it with compassion. So now I'm giving a place where it's okay if you don't understand. And yeah, I might get upset about a couple things, but I think when I see that I'm getting support from the group who isn't for my demise then it's easier to have that conversation. And so I was like, yeah, you you can ask me questions. Like, let's figure out, because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to figure this out. So if you can't ask anybody questions, then, you know, we're we're at, I would say, a a rebirth. So it would be the infantile stage of reconciliation. Like, we're trying to now come together in such a deep and connected way that both sides need to really have a conversation and an honest one.
0: It's not like you've just done one conversation on the group. You've had many. Right. But What have you just sort of come away with? So one of the things that
4: that kind of was birthed out of this was a new forum that I'm creating called Supplies for Allies. And basically what I have seen happen with all the questions and the different things is that people need a place to go to get the information from their perspective. So... It isn't, you know, people don't want to wear something that may, they may think is only representative for the Black community, but mm-hmm. they want to show their support of the Black community. So that's a different way of looking at this particular <laughs> issue. That's interesting. So yeah. in, in terms of having the conversation, what I've learned is, like, y- you have to, one, be okay with being uncomfortable. That's the... <laughs> Like, the only way that we get to healing is through the tunnel of discomfort. And so for so long, what we have pandered to is discomfort, which now equates to too many fatalities. Silence is the reason that people are dying. It is not confusion. It is not, you know, even conflict. It is just silence yeah we had too many who were too quiet about something so important and so now that i'm literally you know with the foghorn like hey <laughs> we're going to talk about this you know now it's just a, a it's it's the sting of discomfort and then yeah. people are like oh, okay well let me ask this question and they see that i'm not like shouting and and just you know irate which which is understandable because i was talking with one group and i was like you gotta you gotta see again to the infantile stage of this reconciliation like there's a tantrum happening because so much stuff has been bottled up for so long to your earlier point about not talking about it that we're not even sure what to say because everything was deemed you're super angry you know if we go to corporate setting you're the angry black woman the angry black like Yes. There was so much stigma surrounding the fact that every day we saw images that we could literally just copy and paste and put our face on that it's time now to understand that we don't even know how to process that. When someone's going through grief, anything can happen. Yeah, And we give so much compassion in that regard. And so that needs to happen. So everybody might not be willing to have the conversation like me, but I'm willing to have it in the best way that I can as often as I'm able to do it. And I think that starts, and so then there are other people who will be like, well, I might answer this one question. You know what? That's yeah. one less question because this is a boat. I only have an oar, one. Right. There's so many people rowing. I get to rest sometimes and then I get to pick it back up. I'm just doing what I can.
0: Uh, well, again, thank you. Well, that, <laughs> I, mean, I, I really appreciate that you would be gracious enough to take the time that you have been taking. I now want to shift to the person that I know you're having. Maybe it's easier to talk to a bunch of crazy people online as opposed to your own child. Talking to your daughter about all of this, how Mm -hmm. how are you? I'm asking you first, how are you? Because that's how am I? Yeah. (laughs) this is emotional exhaustion.
4: We are yeah. weightlifting. And I would say every Black person is now out of their weight class. No matter how much you think you had prepared, no matter how much you think you had seen, no matter how much you have gotten over, the real fact is we have to get through this. And it is an uphill climb. I think last weekend, I just kind of Now I take more breaks because there's so many more images. There's just it just keeps like George Floyd was such a pivotal moment because of Ahmaud Arbery. And now I don't even know what hashtag we're using. So, yeah, some days I'm better than others. Um, I am hopeful because I meet such wonderful people who still want to have the discussion. And to your point about understanding that it is not the job of allies to do the work, I do agree. But my goal here isn't a lesson; right. my goal is connection, and when I think about relationships, okay. we have to have the conversation, which is why I'm offering it in the in the package that I do, because that's what I'm looking for like I'm not looking for you know white people or allies to now understand black people right I want one person just to understand me. <laughs> That and is. the only way that happens is if we have a conversation. So, yeah, I do it when I can and, that, and I don't. So to my daughter, every person in this situation has to have what is called the talk. It is optional for anybody outside of the Black community, but we have to have it, where we have to teach our children what to do to stay alive. That probably was the hardest conversation I have had with her, because whenever it is that you have it, you have now ended a major part of their childhood. Because what I have to explain to her is even though she is thinking as a 10-year-old, she will be judged as an adult. Even though she is playing as a 10-year-old, she could be handcuffed as an adult. And so... It is literally survival tactics that I still don't know Yeah, that I have to have with my child. So I wanted to to put that out there to make it understood that allies now need to feel this weight as well. So you might not need to have the conversation, but you need to know other kids have it. Like it's just a part of how we have to teach in this moment in history. But I believe with these conversations, it will change
0: to me. It is a it is part of our job as parents. I just want to say I I see I see you. That's a really hard discussion and I see you having to give it. I want to say thank you so much Lydia for joining us on the show to talk about this and I really liked how you talked about it being about connection and not a lesson which shows you my personal (laughs) where my brain goes (laughs) where my brain goes and that's and i right but that's a helpful way to think about it that will hopefully allow me to have more conversations and not schooling moments right right yeah that that helps so thank you for sharing that and especially the part about the probability. <laughs> You're welcome. We'll be looking for your book. Tell us a little bit about the series that you've been working on.
4: So the series is called We Need to Talk and it is basically um a jump off from what I'm saying here. I tell the students I'm not offering any lists, there are no books. Like we're not doing any of that because there is a plethora of that out there already what we're going to do is actually talk about it and then i leave them with i guess what you can call homework which is an action go and do some like i we don't need any more research what we need now <laughs> is agents of change i don't i don't need another 5 million book books what? like i don't need that
0: what you don't you don't need me to uh, do some research to tell you that racism exists <laughs>
4: No,
1: I'm good. I'm good. good,
0: You got that. Yeah, I think I got that covered. (laughs) Um,
4: And and so, you know, one of the the questions that um, I asked this week so it was supposed to be we need to talk, and it's how to help people, allies specifically, talk to their connections, which Mm. would be children first, then family, and then we're going to move to corporate. Since doing the series, we're still at children. So now I'm going to have to do another series. Just on family and friends, and probably another one for corporate. But it's about these conversations and really getting past the idea that discomfort is bad. Yeah, like we're just going to all have to be uncomfortable, and let's just wait in it because we need this pool to dry up. And that means everybody has to get in. The more the people get in, the more it's not going to be as as uncomfortable because we're having the conversation.
0: Lydia, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for just all the community and uh, conversations you've been willing to have on our One Bad Mother Facebook group uh, and elsewhere out in the world, and we will link everybody up to where they can find out about this series. Mm -hmm. You are doing a really good job, and thank you.
4: Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I feel like it's one connection at a time. We're going to make this better. That's right. Thank you, ladies. When <laughs> Bye. Brainwave,
3: send a message. Pick up the phone. When you, I call. Hey J. Keith. Hey Helen. I hear you have a true-false quiz you want me to finish.
0: I do. Here we begin. We host a trivia game show podcast on the Max Fun Network called Go Fact Yourself. True. Correct. The show is all about celebrity guests answering trivia questions about things Jake Keith enjoys.
3: False. We sometimes don't talk about baseball or cats.
0: Thank God. It's questions about things they enjoy. Next, we bring on surprise experts every episode. True. Correct. Final question. It's just the two of us sitting alone with these guests. False. Correct. We have a live audience at the Angel City Brewery. See? You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month. And if you don't listen, you can go fact yourself. True.
2: Friendly Fire is a podcast about war movies, but it's so much more
3: than that. It's history.
2: It was just supposed to be another assignment. It's
0: comedy. Under no circumstances are you to engage the enemy.
3: It's Cinema
2: Studies.
0: It's a hell of a combination.
2: So subscribe and download Friendly Fire on your podcatcher of
4: choice. Or at MaximumFun.org. <laughs> <laughs> accomplished.
0: Oh, I just I want to hang out with Lydia yeah, more. I know. Wow, I am 100% serious. Where is this woman's book?
1: Oh I'm yeah, just going oh, absolutely. I'm
0: gonna, yeah, I'm yelling that out there to the world, everybody. Yeah, you can find out more about uh, Lydia's series on helping to raise our children to be anti-racist uh, at Lydia L. Dot com. We obviously are going to have that linked up in the show notes. Let's listen to a mom having a breakdown.
2: Hi, this is Teresa and one bad mother. Um, this is a rant that might turn into a mom having a breakdown. We'll see how I'm doing today. So I'm a psychiatrist and I've been um, doing telehealth from home for a while but I'm uh I'm due to get back to the uh the inpatient unit this weekend as a matter of fact I am about to walk into the hospital and it sucks I'm I have a four year old and a seven year old in my house and they're doing their best but it's really hard and my husband's doing his best but it's really hard and we had to have a really hard discussion about whether or not we were going to separate because i will see covid delirium patients on the medical floor i'm going to be consulted with people who are having trouble with making decisions as to whether or not we activate your healthcare power your attorney and i just know that i'm going to get exposed and i don't want to bring anything home to my family but i also can't imagine Separating from them between now and December, it's already going to be really hard to just continue to totally isolate from everybody that's not my family, essentially until 2021. So yeah, it's pretty terrible. And this isn't a rant against anybody. Like, my hospital is doing a great job, and my family is doing a great job, and our schools are doing a great job in the midst of all this shit, but the virus is terrible and it's making a lot of us have to make pretty terrible choices like deciding whether to separate from your family or possibly expose them to something dangerous and I just don't know I don't know if I'm making the right choice so oh there's the breakdown thanks for um, keeping, keeping it very real on the podcast it helps me you seem it's okay to not be okay right now. Um you're all doing a really good job and so am I. It just feels like a fail. It feels like a fail <laughs> with either choice right now and that
0: just sucks. Keep up the good work. You are doing such a remarkable job. First off, thank you for being an essential worker yeah. and doing the work that you do. I, yes.
1: and I, thank you.
0: And thank you for calling in and sharing your experience because we've got to remember that when we say how grateful we are for essential workers, we are not being flippant with that. Yeah. You are making tremendous sacrifices, whether you are working in a hospital or whether you are working at the grocery store. That is a tremendous sacrifice. And having to have a conversation with your partner uh, about separating or coming home every day from the hospital, that is, of course, it's a breakdown. (laughs) You are doing a remarkable job. Tresa, what did we learn today? We learned that human touch is unbearable from our loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. We learned that, yeah, you, uh, yes, a lot of kids are going through some regressions right now. Whether it's touching, whether your 10-year-old is suddenly crawling in your bed, needing to sleep with you every night and carrying their stuffy around. I've heard all the things, guys. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Kids process this stuff in different ways. We understand it. I think the theme that seems to have been running through this episode, though, is as the parents, like, having to come up with more to help everyone around us is so much. It's a lot. It's more than we're used to. And everybody was already giving a lot. Right? Like, and... Replenishing that somehow is even more important. Yeah. And yet strangely feels more unattainable. And I I it doesn't mean we shouldn't continue to try for it. Even the smallest actions, like when we were talking to Lydia, even the smallest actions can sometimes have a larger effect when it comes to boundaries for ourselves. I also feel this show is just such a classic example of we have no idea what anybody is dealing with on top of everything we know we're all dealing with right like when you see someone on the street when you are talking to your co-worker or a teacher who is zooming with your kids or any of it we have no idea what's happening when they are off of that interaction with you. If I saw you on the street, madam who called, I would not know you were an essential worker if you were just in your clothes. I would not know that you had just had to have that conversation with your partner and that every day you were walking around with this added weight of like, is this the right choice? And so if you don't wanna smile at me and say hi when I'm in a chatty mood, fine (laughs) it's okay everybody you're doing a remarkable job and like in even more remarkable circumstances and we see you and let's try to see the things we
1: can't see if that doesn't sound like a weird thing Um, yeah let's yeah let's 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 be all-knowing Let's try and be omnipresent. Yeah, like as we go out, let's know that there's more always. <laughs> yeah, let's know that there's more. Yes, yeah. Just start from that. Yeah, start from whatever I'm seeing. I know there's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that would be that is such a great place to start, guys. Yeah. Let's do yeah. that. But who do I see? I never leave the house.
1: <laughs> that's right. Good point. <laughs> When you see someone on Zoom, know that there's more.
0: (laughs) Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. Uh, Teresa, I get to say this to you in person this week, as opposed to putting it out in the void like I normally do. You are doing a remarkable job. I see you. I wish there was... Just anything I could do to
1: help. Oh, thank you, Biz. I mean, I... You do help. Okay. You help just by being my friend.
0: Well, I... In the words of Spock, <laughs> I have been and always shall be your friend.
1: <laughs> Biz, you're also doing a very good job. Thank you. Oh,
0: what time is it? Almost four? <laughs> it's almost time for my daily cry. Guys... Somebody's gonna talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye.
4: Bye. I got to low down Mama Blues. I got to low down Mama Blues. Gotta slow down Mama Blue. Low down Mama Blues. Gotta low down Mama Blues. Gotta low down
3: Mama Blues. Blue. Blue. You know that right.
1: One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun Family of Podcasts. To support the show, go to maximumfun.org/donate. Well, daddy and down Mama Oh, said daddy baby, busted by, low down Mama
3: yeah. maximumfun.org. Comedy and Culture.
4: Artist owned, audience supported.